0: your Your grandparents did
1: what hello hi and welcome to
0: your grandparents grandparents did what
1: it is a parenting history podcast that triggers all of your repressed childhood memories. Oh
0: no, and trauma, <laughs>
1: and trauma. And this is Rachel Storniolo. And This is
0: Maggie Walker.
1: Hi, how how's it going? How are you this week?
0: Oh, you know, chugging along. I'm <laughs> about to turn 37. Oh my
1: gosh, that's right, it's, your birthday's this I know. weekend.
0: Just pretend like it's not even happening. I'm truly, such a birthday person.
1: Are you a birthday person? I,
0: I feel like I was, but yeah. I was like turning 22, <laughs> and now I'm just like,
1: okay. Didn't Taylor Swift write a song about that? Twenty-two. I'm twenty-two. Is yes, that a but I don't
0: song? know. No, I don't think it's a birthday
1: oh. song. <laughs> Okay. This is also
0: a bad singing podcast. <laughs> yes, we usually say this
1: for the end after we've had a cocktail or two. I'm sorry, well, we already had one cocktail. We did. That's so true. now we're on cocktail. Now too. we're on the singing part. So cheers, everyone. Wow, Cheers. <laughs> if you're drinking, cheers. Even if you're drinking water, which I hope you are. Everybody, drink more water. Yes, stay hydrated. Um, what are we talking about this week? So this week we're going to be talking about potty training. Wow. Uh, there
0: were some roads that i went down here that i was not, not prepared, prepared for, for. no wow. so i'm uh, i'm excited to see what you come up with
1: uh huh and- <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get weird it's going to get weird on my gonna end too it's going to get weird i buckle, truly um, was i can't use the same buckle up joke from episode 1 no
0: you can't. you got to come up with these I new dad to, jokes i need
1: to okay next don't week <laughs> um,
0: don't don't uh. shit yourself in excitement <laughs> So, wait, but, wait, we skipped over. What? You got your uh, second COVID vaccine. I
1: did. You
0: got that the day we recorded last week, I so. I did,
1: and when I listened back, I was like, oh, gosh, I can hear to my voice, and I was <laughs> fading at the end. Yeah, that night I went home, I had my body aches, I went through the fever, and I uh, came out on the other side, immune-
0: Two, well, well, you got one hopefully. more week.
1: I have one more week, then I should have full immunity. Good job. I was actually thinking today on my way over here, I stopped in to pick us up a pizza to eat, and mm-hmm. um, I was standing in the restaurant waiting for it to go. And um, it was the first time since this started that I didn't have a lot of anxiety standing in like a public place oh, because good. I was like, <laughs> Oh, I have my vaccines. <laughs> so it's only taken um, 10 and a half months yeah, to get to that Right? Place yeah, virtually. no. I mean, I was sitting there. I was still like not really thrilled about it, but they also had a TV with um ice skating on. They were doing oh. like the US trials or something, but it was the US doing their routines. And I was like, oh. I'm watching ice skating. I don't feel hella anxious. It
0: felt quasi normal. It felt
1: like I was like, I don't have to be afraid anymore because I feel like I have some immunity to this. Um, it gave me a little hope. Wow. Oh. Clinging to like the little. Just the tiniest little tiniest, edge of hope. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm hopeful for every yeah. buddy. I mean, you know, and... I feel
0: like all of a sudden we're starting. Like my mom just got her second dose today. Awesome. Starting to see other people that are not like frontline medical workers that are actually able to get them. I hope these teachers yeah, out here no. are able to get them. I, know. I mean, true that teachers are the pandemic heroes. I, I guess I should given also nurse too, but to
1: Ben's teacher, please, <laughs> <laughs> to let him go back. Um, I
0: know. I
1: hope that they get that lined up. Um, and yeah, hopefully soon enough, we can all be feeling know. like me, standing in a pizza restaurant, not feeling so <laughs> scared, um,
0: just ready to buy a two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew or whatever you do. I was
1: standing next to the drink, so I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh got that gross iced tea that yes. you could buy at a pizza place. I know. It was like I forget what kind. Kind of brand it was but i was
0: like oh. brisk probably was like
1: Lipton something oh, or brisk mm-hmm. yeah i was like oh yeah like you know how you can like it, you can taste it in, like your cheeks don't like
0: it i don't mm, like not it either. I, but i
1: did have a moment about it i was like oh <laughs> one poor run out for my iced tea lovers <laughs> <laughs> all
0: oh, right yeah. well so are you ready to start this i am uh, podcast? yeah let's
1: hear about poop
0: let's hear all about it Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and get to this history now. Let's do it. So, um, I mean, obviously babies have been peeing and pooping themselves since the invention of the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the first thing that forms in utero, right? It is. Yeah, oh, my okay. God, look at you you I'm neonatologist. Like a medical professional. <laughs> um, but there really is not a lot that I found that was written. There's some um physical like potties and a couple things that like they can see but there really wasn't much written before the 1800s about like actually what potty training looked
1: like yeah well do you know why i wonder if it was like not even like was it something you put your time and effort in because like were people living in civilized places where you were like i'm pooping over here yeah yeah I get. Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, before like, the 1800s, yes, there was civilization. People not were not living in cities. It was yes. too stupid.
1: But um, what am I trying to say? Like, did they have plumbing? Did they have like, things? Um, well, that I mean, were... like ancient Rome, yes, yeah. they had plumbing, certain
0: societies, I and mean, they lost a lot of that technology um, uh, in the Middle Ages when people were hella dumb, as we talked about last week. That's right. But. Um, I don't know, I guess they just didn't write it down.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like a focus. No. Okay.
0: So, um, pre-modern society, which is, I guess, we're 1800s, um, there is archaeological evidence that there was a high chair slash potty combination, which is-
1: Clever as fuck. Disgusting. <laughs> Clever. You're just eating and you just shit at the same time. You've never, like, picked something off your <laughs> child's chair and eaten it. I mean, I do now, but, but, but it's because that's it's not true. a
0: toilet. <laughs> okay, maybe. Fair <laughs> I enough. I see
1: what they were thinking, though. They're like, why have two things? Yeah, this one thing can just be the thing?
0: So you can see here, I got a little, they're right here oh, from ancient Greece. So cute. There's on the side of a vase, I guess. Ew. There's a baby in a high chair it slash potty. It looks like the potty. little
1: jigger that you just made our drinks it in. It does <laughs> look like that's exactly right.
0: Yes. Um, And then we have like a little kid's potty. So it, so they have
1: to kind of get inside of it? Yes. It's basically like, top?
0: no, I think they. Sh- it's basically like what you would think of like as a modern high chair where they're kind uh, of strapped in not gotcha. just like putting it down um, on there. I, I mean, truly, I think most of the time they were just going wherever they That's went. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes.
1: like Almost like, like a dog. But
0: maybe this is, as we talked about before, in more high class or more elevated right. status, like they're necessarily not going to be like, hey, just go ahead and poop in the middle of the floor here. Right, like right. they... Had some receptacle it. for it, yeah. Okay, um, so ancient Rome is the earliest known children's toilet, um, but there is no evidence of what actual techniques that mm-hmm. they deployed to try to train them to try to see when they were going to the potty when they weren't, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Going potty, we're gonna say potty 18 million times, I guess, here. <laughs> um, and then in the European Middle Ages, according to one source, quote recommends cures for pissing the bed, including consumption of ground hedgehog or powdered goat claw and having dried rooster combs sprinkled on the bed. What? I guess that worked really well. Who knows? They came up with, I mean, they didn't know anything. So that worked as well as anything else they had.
1: You need to (laughs) upload a photo of my face right now for the Instagram. (laughs) Yes. The fuck are they talking about? They also
0: spelled, well, before there was like a standardization of English, pissing the bed is spelled. P y s s y i n g the b e d d e come a long way. Yes, we have come a long way. Um. Yes. Yeah, so that's wow. Yes. Yeah. So
1: Wait. Th- read what they would put in the bed again.
0: Uh, include consumption of ground hedgehog or powdered goat claw, <laughs> and having dried rooster crumbs, sp- combs sprinkled on the bed,
1: and that would help you not pee the bed. Yes. Huh. I've been doing it all wrong. I have no <laughs> you been, ground. Have you been pissing hedgehogs. the bed this whole time? <laughs> I could be putting this in my kids' beds, and they wouldn't be peeing in it. Hey, there you go, shit, man.
0: Um, and then there we have here that's... from the 1500s. Um, another, it's the same kind of idea, like something that's getting strapped, in. it looks like a high chair more than a
1: potty mm-hmm. chair to me. That has a hole in it, though, for the poop.
0: Well, that has a hole there too. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a hole for the poop. Um, in both, but also toilets at that time were a hole. If right. there was a toilet, yeah,
1: you didn't. It's not connected to anything. Like no. you would just take that out back and
0: yeah, or it was into the ground,
1: Oh. or so off you... the side
0: of a building. Gotcha, gotcha. So,
1: yeah. um,
0: but at this point, children, boys and girls were just dressed basically in smocks, dress kind of thing. So uh-huh. they were able to sort of like it was easy for them to go to the bathroom wherever they were. There wasn't like unsnapping, unzip, well, yeah. not zippering but like no unbuttoning, no nothing like Pins between and them. Diapers. They weren't wearing underwear, like right.
1: just like a dressing. Yes, cloth.
0: yes. Basically. Um, so it was,
1: I mean, I guess you, you
0: know, it. nothing's like holding up against your body. It's all mm-hmm. coming away from you.
1: It probably smelled so bad all the time.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: s- History probably just smelled so bad. Uh, 100- Can you imagine? No.
0: I don't want to think about it. I'm such a smell person I wake up too. with like bad breath in the morning. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Me too. Most people like never saw a toothbrush. It's not even invented no. yet. No. Jesus. Um. So there was not much evidence at this point. Toilet training, but uh, it was probably just pretty much wherever was going on because adults were also just kind of relieving themselves wherever.
1: Ew, uh... Yeah, sorry.
0: Only really big, like important buildings had toilets, which, like I said, some of them were literally in the side of the building Ew. and it was just a hole and it would fall like down the side of the building. Yeah, but then also like drafty on your butt,
1: and also like everybody can see your butt and your poop coming out. Well, like I think
0: that was protected, like but like your
1: menses. <laughs> Well, I guess you have bigger problems.
0: <laughs> so um, when we first start to talk about like actual potty training, we're to the Victorian era. era. So it's mid 1800s to early 1900s. Um, at this point, bodily functions are considered like really taboo. So we're not talking, like don't talk about it, don't acknowledge it. Whatever is happening is not, we're just pretending like it's not a thing, even though all of us are doing it all the time. so weird. So at that point, because of that, parents were trying to potty train their kids as quickly as possible so they could just pretend like it wasn't happening, that they weren't peeing themselves or pooping Mm -hmm. themselves like in a public sphere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because of that, they often used really a lot of negative reinforcement. So Mm -hmm. they're not – there's not gentle reminders. There's probably a lot of like physical, emotional, uh, mental abuse that's happening truly, what we would consider abuse now. Um, And at this point, they had – Straps still. Um, and often children were kept in the chair until they actually went to the bathroom. Like <sighs> basically forced to sit there until. Um, and punishments were really common for accidents that happened to these poor little children. Who Aww. just like don't.
1: They don't have control. No. Or they don't know. no. I'm imagining these are way younger kids. And I'm like our kids were potty trained. Like yes. they're probably like truly like infants. Yes. Like, under 12 months. Yes. Oh. Poor yes. babies.
0: Um, so they wanted the children to go into the designated toilet, whatever Mm -hmm. that was, chamber pot, potty, whatever. I mean, there's still not, like, widespread indoor plumbing at this point Mm -hmm. Um, rather than a dirty diaper because they had to clean those diapers. Right. So cleaning those diapers could be, like, really time-consuming, expensive, so it was easier for them to toilet train their kids. I I
1: get it on that front. Like, I hear your cries, but, you know.
0: So they often tried to make kids go to the bathroom by using enemas and suppositories, mm. which I feel like that's probably something you're going to touch down on. A little bit. But um, yeah. yeah, like basically forcing the issue. Yeah. Like this is when it's going to happen, whether you want it to happen then or not. Yeah. Um, so starting in the early 1800s, I mean 1900s, I'm sorry, um, parents continue to try to get their babies to go to the bathroom at specific times. Like not just whenever they felt like it, just continuing to try to be really pointed about when it was happening, mm-hmm. um, and they would put them on a strict laxative schedule. Which, I, first of all, what was a laxative like in 1900?
1: I'm going to talk about
0: it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was Miralax. It was not gentle on the gut. Nope. Okay. It was, it was, it was very bad. Um, and the uh, they would put the doctors would start putting these babies on this at like six months of age. Oh. So, like, infant infants. Their poor guts. I know. I mean, they probably had bigger problems, too. There was, like, no regulation on, like, meat or, like, food they were consuming. They definitely had bigger
1: problems, but this (laughs) didn't have to be one of them. (laughs) Fair enough. They could have spared this. Um, In
0: 1914 edition of Infant Care, the U.S. Child's Bureau Guide to Child Care recommended that toilet toilet training begin by the third month what I mean like a lot of babies like are just like barely even have their heads above their no. shoulders at that point
1: <laughs> and then you'd be like, twi- I mean that's not you're not doing it by no. anything other than like your own you're, you're training yourself yes really yes you're just probably putting constantly putting yes. your baby over like a little bowl or receptacle of some sort. something yeah and just like, trying not
0: to get the go on like their clothes so yeah. you don't have to wash it as
1: often you like, though- know what do you do at night when you're like sleeping just sleep with the pee baby maybe do put a diaper on then I mean, it's when there were... Yeah, like, they had products, some diapers, diapers. yeah,
0: But, I mean, I, they weren't, like, super absorbent.
1: Yeah, no. It was just, it was like, one
0: a... layer between you and those sheets. <laughs> like, <laughs> when were you washing those yeah, sheets? Yeah, the sheets
1: were just, like, the original sheets. Yeah, the
0: the <laughs> the sheets.
1: Yeah. Um, so,
0: um, and the mothers were told that making their babies tense would make matters worse. And, quote, they should be gentle and laughed, and they should not scold. So, at least we're moving to a place oh. of...
1: Little like place of love. Yes. Force instead of fucking pooping. Beating your children oh, for not. Well, not hurt you. You just have to poop right now. <laughs> Don't you
0: ever just laugh and laugh and laugh till you have to pee? <laughs> or
1: is that a postpartum thing? Put their little hands like in a little bowl of water, uh, yeah, like, like, a, or, like a sleepover. Yes. sleepover. Like, we <laughs>
0: Like a <bully. laughs> brain each other's hair and yes. talk about the boys you like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Play dream phone.
0: Yes. <laughs> um. What was that mall one?
1: Oh, uh, mall madness. Yes. Oh. You had, like a
0: credit card and like called yes. your dad or something. <laughs> yeah, it was like If
1: you at the end you had to like call your parents to get picked up. From <laughs> I may be making that up. I mean, it's been
0: a while. I, it sounds right to me. There was definitely
1: like a calling. There was a credit card. I remember mm-hmm. that. Oh, God, That game was amazing. That I was. Amazing. We could find it on eBay. Maybe we could look for oh, it. Insane. Got a lot of time on my hands lately. <laughs> <laughs> so by
0: 1921, um, they're back to more of a rigid thought process. So no more laughter. No more talk of relaxation. Um, in their place, there was more quote rigor, firmness, and discipline which we know a discipline means. For
1: your 3-month-old? I mean, I
0: think yeah, basically yeah, like starting at 3 months. Um behaviorism, the idea that everything in infancy can be mechanically learned was rising in popularity. So like so this
1: was the 1930s? 1920s. Like, so this is like when our grandparents were probably born.
0: Yeah, I think my grandma was born in my my grandma Ella I think was born in 1912 and I think my grandma Jan was born in
1: 1921. Yeah, I feel like my grandparents <laughs> were all born in like the early 1920s. Twen- yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, so basically this like idea that you could do something like basic, like if you do it enough times, your body's going to learn how to do it right. rather than like talking about your mental readiness or physical readiness, right. whatever. It's all about the behavior. Yeah. Parents were urged to impose rigid toilet training regimen on children before they could even walk. Um, techniques were coercive and even abusive. So yeah, we're not talking about a great thing here.
1: No.
0: Um, by the night, by 1938 ish, there's technologies developed to address toilet training at night Called the Bellin pad, where there was a sensor that would detect when a child would wet themselves at night and trigger an alarm as an act of conditioning. So basically, like a Pavlovian yeah. response, where if you're wetting this at night, it's waking up, disturbing your sleep. Hmm. They kind of still. But you have can, that. so you can see. Yeah, I mean, it's this they is have, basically yeah, what a that is. Wetting alarm. Um. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, And these are just, you can see some little babies just Aww. sitting so on, the pot. on the pot. They're little. Yeah, they're not are, much older than I Colin. Mean, baby,
1: yeah, that baby doesn't look like they could be much older than like seven or eight months. No. They barely have like any hair.
0: Oh, yes. Um, Those children are using potties in a care facility in Amsterdam in 1932. 1932. Yes. Okay. Um so um from the 1940s into the 1950s um potty training starts to shift completely and this is due primarily to the invention of the disposable diaper. Mm. So that truly changes the game and like
1: oh for sure. What What your potty that?
0: training 19 well I think I forget. I try to stay away from diaper too much but in the 50s I think the disposable diaper was invented.
1: Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense.
0: Um in the 1950s and 1960s, potty trains was associated with intelligence. So now we're yeah. seeing this with, like, this idea of, like, my child's better than your child because mm. they potty trained early. And I think mm. sometimes you can still feel that energy a little oh, bit yeah. I
1: still think it's, like, a thing that people yeah. brag
0: about. And I'm yeah. like, cool. Great.
1: It's great for you.
0: Yes. <laughs> but we'll get there when we get there. Um, if a child was not potty trained by 18 months old, um, parents would start to worry that something is wrong with their child. 18 months? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, and you can see his little baby just sitting on a toilet. That oh, baby looks like Colin to me, for real. just like Colin. Look at his little oh, blue eyes, I his know. little big head.
1: <laughs> old egghead. The baby looks barely able to sit up, and it's sitting on a grown-ass yes. toilet. <laughs> its little feet are, like, not past the edge of the toilet bowl. How is it, if it pees, the pee is just going to, like, go straight into its face, because this little tiny penis is probably just sticking straight probably. out. Probably. Yeah, it's not long <laughs> enough to hang yeah. in there yet, I hope. The
0: legs are not far enough <laughs> yeah. apart, nothing. Uh-uh. Um, so the 1970s, um, there is a rise of mass produce and inexpensive disposable diapers. So this is like, we're really, so the fifties, like maybe that was like a high class thing. So you had money, your family had money. They didn't have to do the labor and the work for cloth Mm -hmm. diapers, for nappies, whatever. But in the seventies, we're actually seeing diapers that a normal family could
1: afford or a
0: family that is like below the power, like before below the poverty line can afford. Um, so that really shifts when potty training is happening because you can keep your kid in diapers for longer and without much work. You're just throwing it in the garbage. So sitting
1: in a landfill for five to (laughs) six hundred years.
0: God, climate change. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So in the U.S. until the 1950s, most children were using the potty for the first in the first few months of life and completely trained by age one. Wow. By age one. Wow, I—I I mean that seems crazy to me. It does, but I don't know what that means.
1: I mean, who's trained? The parent is trained, yes, and the kid is. Yes, they're probably to not often
0: having accidents. Yeah. I don't know, right? In the 1970s, 18 months was the average age to start.
1: Okay. So now start- to start
0: is around 24 to 30 months. Yeah. To start the average age. Yeah. So.
1: Wow. Yes. Yeah, It's really leaned back further. 100. So
0: it was pushed back in the latter half of the century because. The combination of obviously diapers big, and big also big diapers getting that diaper money, yeah, oh, <laughs> they're man. like gonna wear diapers
1: forever. <laughs> 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 Doing snow angels and money, I mean, <laughs> low key,
0: actually, <laughs> I mean, yes. yeah,
1: I mean, that's part of it. Uh, like, hmm, let's tell them they don't have to ever potty train and like let's make these diapers bigger and bigger and bigger, yes,
0: yes. Um, so but also because, um, in the second half of the century, psychiatrists and pediatricians started talking about it. As a psychological thing rather than just a physical thing that your body was doing. So like the effects of early potty training, Mm -hmm. what that does to your mind and to your body rather than just being like a rote thing that you have to do to be done. Um, 20th century potty training is dominated by psychoanalysts with its emphasis on the unconscious and warnings about potential psychological impacts later in life. Um, with toilet training experiences. So like what that means. So that is sort of this, that history of it where it got really interesting to me. This is the part that I truly loved. So I, I titled this. Give it to me. Politics and propaganda in toilet training. (laughs) So this is, I really was, had no idea this kind of stuff went on. So in the early 1940s, um, this we're talking about during world war two. Okay there was a perceived aggressiveness of Japanese soldiers. Noted scholars wondered if it was caused by premature potty training. Anthropologist Jeffrey Gore argued, as it turns out falsely... That Japanese parents potty train their babies earlier than Western parents do. And that this accounted for, quote, the overwhelming brutality and sadism of the Japanese at war. Goer's reasoning was that the premature toilet training forced Japanese babies to control their sphincters before important muscular development had taken place. Um, This caused intense rage, which infants soon repressed. This repression, in turn, gave rise to severe and compulsive personalities. So... Okay. This is what I'm talking about, politics of propaganda. Because yeah. we basically so – you're seeing that your enemy, you mm-hmm. see as an enemy. Right. Who have a different way that they go about war that you perceive as – like, have you ever seen, like, a poster from, like, the 1940s yeah. of, like, Japanese – you're like, it's not good. It's not good.
1: No. no it didn't age well. No.
0: <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but so you see that, and then you think in your brain, for whatever reason, I think – I mean, I read somewhere probably because at that point when they were seeing children, they probably were – potty training in a war situation where like not necessarily getting their best potty training yeah. results. So they then made some correlation that uh-huh. that meant because of that. Right. And that also like, then helps other them. Yeah. They're doing this and that's what's causing this is them. Why We're they're the so heroes. Dysfunctional.
1: Yes. right? They're like lesser of uh, a person. Yes. yes. They're fucked up. Yes. Wow. That so, is such a far reach. Such a <laughs> <idiot>. <laughs> That's really what they had to do. Yes. They could have just been like, they have stinky farts, and they'd have been like, fuck
0: them. I mean, truly, they were drawing all kinds of crazy racist they stuff were. about them. Yeah. They didn't also had didn't to be have be a- to
1: go there. <laughs> no way, just straight up racist. Mm-hmm. America was seemingly very yes, into that. Very into very it. Very good look mm-hmm. for, for them.
0: Um, but it's just, it's crazy how we will do anything yeah. to attribute something we don't like. So they're
1: saying they potty trained too early. Mm-hmm. They became crazy and angry war yes. people. Yes. So that's when you should even though like, we're are our diapers yes. longer yes. and not well, potty train your baby. Well, until the forties, you're
0: not even, They were talking about cloth diapers. So there was yeah, not even, they were but yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. Yes. That is interesting. So
0: <clears throat> there's more. I really did not know that. It did not. It keeps on going. Oh boy. So, um, Goer attributed much of contemporary Japanese society in the 1940s to this method of toilet training, writing that quote, early, um, and severe toilet training is the most important single influence in the formation of the adult Japanese character. But number <laughs> one, not like the way they care for their children, the yeah. education Attachment, they get, the culture around them.
1: Culture, no, just potty training. Potty training. Talk about guilt tripping you as a parent, too. Oh, my God. Like, if you the, fuck this up. The reason your your
0: children <laughs> yes. are going to war. Mind you, Americans were all, I mean, I get it. Okay, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, I understand we can have an argument about, like, what yeah. the first aggression there is. We can also have an argument about, like, America propping up stuff in the Western Front, blah, 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 whatever.
1: There's a, probably a different podcast for that. Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> uh, okay. But it's not like Americans are innocent in all of this. No.
1: No. No. Not at all. No.
0: So let's not pretend like we're the Quaker pacifists over here. Wow. And those mean old Japanese people came over with their too early <laughs> toilet their too training.
1: Early and their sphincters being yes. too tight.
0: <laughs> so um, uh, this also kind of, this also went over into German and um, Western Front stuff. So this okay. is clearly some sort of like us versus them thing. Yeah. So um, other philosopher philosophers theorize similar things. Um, soon after the ho- Holocaust, Frankfurt School theorist Theodore and, um, oh, God, we're doing this again, Ador- Adorno hypothesized, so this is a West Germany, so we're talking about okay. after the war, West, which would be, like, free British, U.S., whatever, versus East, which would be Soviet. Mm-hmm. Um, the hypothesis that excessively disciplined children develop character traits like robotic obedience, easy submission to authority, and susceptibility to anti-Semitism. Because you potty to trained too early, you don't like the juice. <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> some parent, uh, some parenting guides later extrapolated from this, at directly linking punitive toilet training with the theory of author- authoritarian personality.
1: Hmm. Yes, so.
0: We're putting – so we go from putting, like, we just beat our children and, like, do whatever to them and to, like, if we're doing this, we are literally making them into monsters that are yeah. trying to take over the world and kill Jewish – the Jewish population.
1: I, I can't even <laughs> – I don't know. I, this is not a real – yeah. but it is. Yes. This, this is, is terrifying. Yes. yes. God damn it.
0: So – um Some German child rearing theorists in the 1970s tied Nazism and the Holocaust to authoritarian sadistic personalities produced by punitive toilet training.
1: What the fuck? Yes. Why? I
0: I don't know. That is
1: just bananas. So you can see here, this is an
0: ad from the 70s in a German language poster, political poster. For the Young Union from 1976. Oh no. um, Using a constipated child on a red potty. Because the red. mm -hmm, In reference to the Rottens or Reds. Social Democratic Party of Germany. Wow. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, That is so. Out there in bananas. I just can't.
0: So in contrast though to West Germany. East German officials use militant communal potty training. As a means of breeding steadfast Soviet citizens. So on the other side. They're sort of. Having the same idea, but thinking of it as a way to be sort of a part of the collective, which is a mm-hmm. communist idea, right, instead of the individual. Yeah. So this is tying the end to it in sort of like it's the other half of that coin, but putting it in a positive light as right, far as the right. Soviets are concerned. So under communist German Democratic Republic, toddlers attended state-run creches, which are like daycares, okay. but I think were like... Everybody was going to them and they were indoctrinating, whatever. You had to do it. Yes. They're equipped with large potty benches on which several times a day, every child sat down and remained until everyone else was done. So you can see here, there's a little potty bench. They're all sitting cutely next to each other. They're a little older than the kids in the photos up there, but... They
1: probably all had, and were giving each other, um, pinworms. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's all I can think of. Like a little little butt worm just crawling around, Mm. giving everybody a little butt
0: But, so this is... What the West is perceiving as authoritarian and disciplinary, the East, the Soviets are perceiving as part of the community and the us. So we're doing this together.
1: And you can't, if this
0: person's not done, then you are not not done. done. Mm, Wow. So God, this is taking such a weird (laughs) turn. I did not literally, (laughs) when I found this, I was like, what am I reading right now? could not believe it. Um, so quote, this not only aimed at training children to use the toilet, um, it was the first step to social education, huh. explained Berlin's DDR museum. Basically, they're forcing children to go to the bathroom on cue to teach teach submissiveness to authority. Synchronized bowel movements um, preceded synchronized politics.
1: Holy shit. Yeah.
0: Yes. Goddamn. So that is I, that was the part that I, when I got to that, I was like.
1: Okay, Secretized this is why I elements? want to be doing
0: this podcast because yeah. who fucking ever would think? No,
1: I feel like we're like unearthing some shit. Yes. That they were like, brush this under the rug. Don't I, let anyone know yeah. about this. Play <laughs> this <laughs> dies with us. Yes. God damn it! I know. I did not expect to yes. learn this. How
0: political the simple act of potty training is. It's not just like a different parenting style or like an environmental conversation, which is like okay. I guess that also is political to have a conversation about like the waste right. the diapers are or whatever. Right.
1: But, but taking something that every single person has to do every single person into a political Mm -hmm. and if you do it
0: one way, you are too individualistic and don't care about the collective. If you do it the other way, you are too submitting to authority and are now full of rage and aggression and want to kill all of the good Westerners or whatever. Shit,
1: Rachel. Mm hmm. You just fucking brought it so hard. Oh, thank you. That really was
0: amazing. Uh, well, hold on. Yeah, a Ooh, little bit. Just a more? touch more. Just though this is it. I don't know that. if I no.
1: can. Okay. <laughs> we're just gonna do
0: a little touchdown on what we're present day okay. conversation. Sure. Just so we're see where we're at, because as we talked about before, a lot of this is Western. So there was some things I wanted to touch on just about other countries, because um, a lot of other countries are doing more, tra- still have more traditional potty training that goes mm-hmm. on. Um, so people living in developed nations often train earlier on early as possible, and there are two parts of that, is that, first of all, it's a huge financial burden to use diapers. And sometimes they physically cannot get diapers to really remote places, and they couldn't afford them even if they did. Diapers yeah. are expensive.
1: They are. Yeah, they're not. So
0: very... in in developing nations in more traditional societies, yeah. they're still using traditional potty training methods in a lot of ways.
1: Right.
0: Um, and then even in developed countries, poorer families are also more likely to early potty train then there are more affluent peers. Wow. Because uh, if you have more money, yeah. you can afford or to just diapers. figure it out. Yeah. Let them figure it out on their own, yeah, explore their the time. space, right. all of that. Um, so toilet training practices vary across cultures. Um, for example, researchers have documented families in uh, Chinese, Indian, and African cultures beginning toilet training as early as a few weeks or months of age. Mm-hmm. In Vietnam, uh, toilet training begins shortly after birth with toilet training being completed by two, which I think like, I feel like sometimes we think of potty training being like, okay, I'm going to go three days and we're going to be done right. rather than like oh,
1: that's a this yeah. long
0: process. Yeah. Like yeah. they're not going to be two weeks old and know what to do. No. It's just, like this slower process rather than like, if my child was naked for four days and they didn't figure out how to do it, then we failed as parents right, kind right. of thing that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We do. There's a lot of factors that go into us, including cultural values um, regarding the actual physical excrement. So some cultures are fine with seeing or being around that. Some cultures are very like, that's not something we see, we do around each other. Totally. Um, The role of caregivers. So if you have a parent or caregiver that can be around the child all day long and help them with it, that's going to be different than parents who don't have as much time to attend to their children Mm -hmm. for whatever reason that is. Um. And, uh, with the exception of mothers at work and how soon they're expected to return to work Mm -hmm. after childbirth. So all these things, like if you're with your child long-term, you might be able to do a lot longer, but easier process of child, Mm -hmm. of potty training. One thing that I noticed that I thought was actually kind of cute, but also thinking about how toddlers that wear pants a lot and stuff like smocks and stuff, Mm -hmm. how they go to the bathroom. So in China, they have Chinese split pants. Um, and this is a traditional wardrobe item featuring an opening along the crotch seam, allowing the children to go to the bathroom wherever they want without like, really getting on their clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and these garments remain in the style of choice for toddlers living in the Chinese countryside, specifically. But it, now they even do stuff like wear their diapers underneath it, even with it, because it's a, like, thing, it's a traditional but thing. But then they look around the streets, look their little butts are oh, out all the time. You know, a little baby butt. I
1: love a baby butt.
0: Um, but in China, they're often like kids will just go just pee on the street.
1: And yeah. go like a puppy. It's super normal. So uh, but then
0: there's been some issues like where mainland Chinese people will go to Hong Kong and they'll do that. And it's because Hong Kong is more of like has an English and Western influence. They're yeah. like, uh, no, we're definitely not going to pee on yeah. the street. <laughs> That's a hard no from me. <laughs> um, And then in sub-Saharan Africa, uh, babies send most of their days attached to their mother's back. Right. But in that part of Africa, poop is really like, any poop at all it's considered like very disgusting oh. so um the thought of the baby pooping on someone is like really not really kosher not, at yeah. all um so due to this no potential babysitter would take care of a child if they're likely to poop on their back while being carried so thinking about child care which is mm-hmm. such an important part of developing right. countries and like mothers escaping any sort of like poverty on any level they have to be able to work, work. be mobile take care of their families all of that um so starting potty training from an early age helps mother get her work done mm-hmm. and either she can have someone watch her child or she can also be doing the work with her child on her and not
1: worry about yes yeah. totally yeah i feel
0: that so in that sense um early potty training promotes an adequate food supply mm.
1: for a mother's family wow
0: so i think sometimes we can think really like very seriously about our own western views of like you know, I mean, Cameron didn't potty train until he was four. Yeah. Because he just, I mean, he was not going to do it. I
1: forgot about that. He was he very just, much like, no thanks, I'm good. I
0: There was not a bribe on planet Earth <laughs> I could give him. Uh-uh. But yeah. I also have the luxury to be home. Yes. And we can afford diapers.
1: And I know there's like a lot of stress around children who are in certain daycares. Like they mm-hmm. can't move up to the next room if they're not potty trained. I mean, there's
0: certain daycares that will not accept your child after three if they're not potty trained. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. Which and that's I, because yes. it's not necessarily, like, I don't know how daycares get away with making these rules because it's not I, necessarily, like, a developmentally appropriate thing to, be like, every kid by two.
0: I'm guessing because by that age, they probably don't have to have as many people in the classroom, and it would cost more money if they had to have somebody in the classroom yeah. change diapers all day long.
1: Well, a lot of it has to do with um, the, like, like not licensing, but, yeah, exactly. Like, not every teacher is allowed to change a diaper like, oh really? Yeah. Like if you're an assistant teacher, like I, because I when I worked at um a daycare back in college, I remember I, I wasn't allowed to take the kids to the bathroom. Like it wasn't within my scope of. Is
0: that because of like background check, licensing, all that kind of stuff? It has to do with like a safety issue.
1: I don't know what it was like. Because I, I know a play school,
0: we just anybody was in there changing those yeah. kids' diapers.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why, but I think that it has something to do with it. I think that um they can't. Like, I remember there was only one teacher who could change the diapers. Like, I don't really know what I okay. could probably look into it. Yeah. But there, I know that that is like a stressor yes. on families because, yeah, yes. it's a lot of pressure to be like, oh my gosh, you can't be with your friends in the next class. Like, how much would a kid, I mean, a kid that age knows what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, all their friends are in this yeah. other area of the daycare and you're not. No you're in diapers. Like, find that so troubling yes but yeah i mean you're right it's it's a privilege to be able to t- to have the time to potty train your child i mean at your leisure speaking of like systematic
0: <laughs> everything <laughs> it is funny how those things like you just don't think how often those things like tie back into real life it's true how it is like a simple act of potty training is political i know whether that's in 2021 or yeah in um 1940 right. germany mm-hmm. like There is a lot more tied to that—the freedom that we have to have our kids either poo or pee Mm. on us or not. Yeah, I mean, it's not—you know—baby breast milk poop is not that bad, but it's still poop. It's still—I
1: still still don't want it on 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 my body. And now,
0: Colin's eating solids; like he can't stop.
1: Yeah, it's It's just just really gross.
0: I know. Emerson sometimes is like, it's stinky over there.
1: Thanks, I know. <laughs> yes, like I have a nose. Do You see it. <laughs> well, that so, was yeah. A that is my presentation. that I, I don't even not... actually think I'm gonna go this week. <laughs> <laughs> we can just end it now. <laughs> that was too good. No, I
0: bet there's more to come. There is. I'm Everybody,
1: excited. get ready. You hey, ready? Yes. For more poop talk? I, I am here for poop talk. <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the science and just like the anatomy behind infant bowel and bladder okay. elimination. Yeah, that, I mean, that's probably... Maybe we could have started yeah, there, but let's like, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. This is not... Yeah, we'll get there anyway. Um, so because the infant central nervous system is not completely developed, the bladder empties involuntarily as a result of spinal reflexes approximately 20 times a day, which is a lot. Yeah. And I mean... It will gradually... Like lessen over time as those muscles all become in sync, but that's you know, yeah. Well, people are potty claiming to potty train from birth, like, yeah, eight weeks old. That's... I mean, when I when Cameron was first born, my first baby, poor
0: poor anxious me, <laughs> <Your> starter baby. <laughs> <laughs> I remember changing his diaper so much because i would see that little blue line come up and i'd be like i have to change it right now i have to change Mm -hmm. it right now i have to change it right now and i smell crazy in like the middle of the night and like when he would nurse i would change the diaper and the pediatrician said to me it's okay to let him sit in pee diaper you're like, yep, you said it here first. <laughs> and now it's like with Colin, I'm like, boop, boop, boop. I change him Look halfway away. through the night and we go on with it. I
1: mean, diaper, the technology of diapers is great. His like, skin it's is not, like not even no, wet. It's, no, it's not. You're paying for that, right? You're paying for that luxury.
0: Well, to be fair, we use the Target brand. We used to use this paper swallowers. Second baby, Target brand. Yes.
1: Um, so defecation occurs once the rectum contains a significant amount of feces. So as the rectum fills with feces from the colon, the rectum expands and the internal anal, anal sphincter relaxes. Anal pressure is reduced and the desire to defecate is felt.
0: Yeah, but wait. So how is that different than what so I feel when I'm pooping?
1: It is the same, but you have to recognize that feeling to know what to okay. do with it. Okay. So its it is – The bladder is more of an involuntary thing. The bladder is more involuntary, whereas this combination of the relaxation of the external anal sphincter, the bowel contraction, the the pressing down, that is a learned behavior. So do you remember, I'm sure, when you were changing your babies in the beginning, like you're wiping their butt and it's like... Uh, Immediately would poop into your (laughs) hands. Yeah. Like it's just poop, poop, poop. Because like that little stimulation like just relaxes that muscle. So... That's why babies will poop, like, a million times a day in the beginning, and then it'll gradually start to space out, like, beyond a month because those muscles. It's the same reason why babies spit up a lot as newborns because the same muscle that's at the top of your stomach, like, that sphincter there is... Base, it's the same exact thing, but at the bottom, and they're both just weak as fuck in the beginning. You know, there's no reason for them to be tight. In Euro, I mean, babies
0: should not be out in the world.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that baby, <is> still... <laughs> it's a bad news. <laughs> so anyway, that was just like my little two cents about okay. you know,
0: I, it's a training from good the beginning to start. It's like what is even yes. happening? Like you can't. Yes. It's
1: not even biologically possible for them to hold their bowels for very long. No. So when you're punishing your baby for pooping again, like it's an involuntary <laughs> oh, thing that might no. be happening, and the same with pee. Okay. Okay. Do you feel good about that? I, I Well, I feel <laughs> educated about that. Okay. So as you kind of said, the early 1900s focus was on the physiologic readiness before the bio, you know, yes. before the social emotional yes. you know, aspect was considered in 1929, Parents Magazine claimed that most healthy babies could be trained by eight weeks old. Wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I sort of went over this, but wait, could be trained or- could be trained. And they said that you would look for them demonstrating an awareness, which would be them um, either grunting, squatting, going red right in the face, an absence of bowel movements at night, dry diapers for long periods of time, which was considered around two hours, urinating a lot at one time. So like soaking the diaper um, and some regularity of bowel movements. I mean, I feel like
0: I've gotten peed on enough to just like buy a baby that is just like, they're just maybe, maybe poop. Right. But like pee, they're just like, la, 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 right. look I think over there. Maybe I,
1: could, I You could argue with me about trying to get a baby on a poop <sighs> potty routine. I mean,
0: I will tell you a hard
1: pass, but. <laughs> it's not for me, but I can see it. Yes. But pee? No. Um, from the early 1900s to 1930s, parents, as you said, continue to get their babies on these strict laxative schedules, which doctors approved and encouraged by the time babies hit six months. And I just find that so troubling because yeah i mean i feel like the practice has changed so much like where they were just giving every baby a dang laxative I now mean, it's like at that point they were when when was this uh Sorry. this was in our 1900s to 1930s
0: okay well pretty soon after that when antibiotics were widely available oh yeah they were over the counter you could just be like oh my head hurts someone take some antibiotics 100%. and now we're all sitting in hospitals with like <laughs> <Immersa> <laughs> yes, and yes, everything because of those assholes i know
1: so yeah, there was this 1932 book published called infant care that recommended the toilet training by eight weeks. Mm-hmm, mm. So you asked what were these suppositories made out of? Yeah. So they were made out of soap. It was like a soap stick rectal conditioner. It was called. So I don't know. if. <laughs> okay. Wait, here's my question. I is, it just like... an answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is it just like, I think it's just sti- is it just like soap is, is luby?
1: I think it's just stimulation. I think it was yes, but, more of the but stimulation. But what is there? It. Like, cause I, Mm.
0: a suppository you would take now
1: is made of glycerin you,
0: and like has some biological medicine. response
1: well it's medicine yeah it but likes, like are
0: they just like listen soap is slippery so I think let's it was put it off their like, butt and soap. let's go yeah. for it? I, don't
1: think it I don't think there was a medical reason for it like why soap I think it was just soft and waxy and and was able to like Shapeable. slowly melt I mean Ew. it would like melt in the heat
0: would you fart out of a bubble <laughs> <laughs> so funny I don't know I mean wait to be fair when I was a kid <laughs> okay Somebody in my elementary school told me that if you didn't, if your butt cheeks were open and you farted with no on, it was a bubble. <laughs> and <laughs> so for like it? a really long time. Well, because you're in the bath too. If yeah, you fart in yeah, the bath, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, huh. I get that. But I legitimately for like probably two years, thought. <laughs>
1: two years. That if
0: you were in the right angle and like position, your fart would be in an air like bubble. Like an air bubble.
1: Yes. Huh. Aww, so
0: cute. it's very revealing about my,
1: <laughs> myself. your little silly brain when you were a kid. Yes. Uh, So this, like, method, if you want to use quotes, was called coercive bowel training, Mm -hmm. which sounds as terrible as it was. Yes. All right. We're going to talk about, so this was in the 1940s. Dr. Benjamin Spock um, was the first pediatrician that advocated for waiting until signs of developmental readiness were Good job, Dr. Spock. I'm going to talk shit about him in a oh, second. Oh, okay. So well, never mind. Delays, <laughs> so, Okay, <laughs> so
0: don't say anything nice about anybody until I get the full <laughs> scope of things.
1: Um. So, yeah, he was the first pediatrician to study psychoanalysis to try to understand the children's needs and the family dynamics. His ideas about childcare influenced several generations of parents to be more flexible, affectionate with their children, oh, okay. treat them as individuals. Um, however, his theories were widely criticized by colleagues for relying too heavily on anecdotal evidence rather than serious academic research, which... I get it. But when you're trying to like compare affection to like, it's not a, it, it's a very subjective thing. thing. I mean, I, I don't like, know whatever.
0: You're probably going to tell me some horrible, like eugenics thing in a
1: minute or something, but not that bad. okay, good. <laughs> so he also, so remember last week when we were talking about safe sleep. We were like, yes. why did, who was the one who like told all these parents? Yeah, about yeah, the reflux? Yeah. yeah. So is this fucking asshole? Dr. Benjamin oh. Spock, he was the first person who advocated that infants should be placed, should not be placed on their backs when sleeping. Commenting in he, in the 1950s, he published some um, paper that said if an infant vomits, he's more likely to choke on the vomit if laying on their back. Okay,
0: so I could understand why anecdotal evidence in those situations might be a little.
1: Exactly, this not is something great. that is more you can have data on that. Yes. It's hard to like put a number or data on like. Loving your child and seeing it. Yeah, outcome. especially in
0: like a short term sense, you could be like, "What is our what is our thirty year goal?" With like, right. but also, how do you control for not loving your child? Be like, well, so if you just go ahead and ignore that child, exactly,
1: you can't like ethically no. do these well, studies. Well, they, they, weren't, they weren't really mm-hmm. talking about ethics? No. So this advice was extremely influential on healthcare providers with nearly unanimous support through the 1990s. So this was literally until the safe sleep back. Uh, what I talked about last week, like yeah. the back to sleep, safe sleep campaign. It was from this one dude. Yeah. He kind of was the one who was like don't put them on their backs and that's why like all of our parents were like you you shouldn't. Yes. And like we're giving us a hard time. Yes. So anyway, Dr. Mm-hmm. Benjamin's back. Love him, hate him. (laughs) Listen, we're all all learning. We're all imperfect humans. Exactly. I don't want to hate on him too much. But when I saw that, I was like, hmm, we have to talk about that. Um, So the 1960s was the emergence of two theories of potty training. There was the parent-oriented approach or the child-oriented approach. Um, Okay. So we'll talk about the parent-oriented approach first. Okay. So this was based on the structural behavioral training and operant conditioning this is like they. So claimed, it's
0: basically like what I want you to go to the bathroom now because it's convenient for exactly. me. Okay.
1: And they claim that if you did this method, you could train your baby in a day. 1974 was like a article published that you know you could do this in one day if you did these things.
0: Okay, what are these things?
1: Increase the fluid intake. Have, okay. Okay. Regularly scheduled toilet. Wait, I mean, hold on.
0: Have you ever tried to force a child to drink water? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're, like,
1: They're like hard <laughs> fucking ass They like get duct tape and put it over yes. their own fucking mouth. They're like, I'll have
0: seven crackers
1: instead. <laughs> <laughs> Any saltines laying around? I would love that. <laughs> I know exactly. It's impossible. um Positive reinforcement for correct elimination, and okay. correction for accidents. So, okay. this was basically like shaming, mm-hmm. harming, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they said you could. I mean, you for
0: positive reinforcement. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, that still is alive and well today. Um, the, They said that the mean time for training, so babies could learn in an average of four hours with this.
0: That's not true. That's like <laughs> one bathroom break. I know. <laughs>
1: I mean, um, however, subsequent studies showed this was a high risk for unsuccessful outcomes yeah. and the major drawbacks were the possibility of physical abuse during overcorrection.
0: Yeah. No fucking shit. I know. Ooh, four hours. If this works. I mean, the three hour thing, three day thing that people have going on these days I boggles my mind, t- yeah. but at least it seems like a, uh, we're going through a few days here.
1: Yeah. It seems like a little bit more, uh, four hours. Like. No, that's what I'm saying. You literally go to breakfast and lunch. bending a <laughs> pee for like 14 hours at a time. No, I was thinking about, we'll talk about it. Okay. Our own journeys um so the child oriented approach this is a little bit better so this was in 1962 it was introduced Mm -hmm. um this suggests that training um begins only after certain physiologic and behavioral criteria of readiness are met okay it stresses the importance of allowing child the freedom to master each step at his or her own pace with minimal conflict love it associated with high rates of continence Mm -hmm. um, fairly rapid training times and low long-term regression rates And this approach also stressed that pediatricians should, um, begin to discuss toilet training with parents starting at their 12 month visit. Okay. Um, so honestly, like this method is pretty similar to what we still use today. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, it's like
0: positive reinforcement, listening to like the child's body and all that kind of stuff. Exactly.
1: Um, so we're gonna take a quick little side detour here because you know that's well, how I like I to do Well, I did a good side detour too. So I want to talk about um psychoanalyst Sigmund Freud and his oh, Freud. His buddy Eric Erickson.
0: <laughs> okay, so, I don't know Eric Erickson, but I do know
1: Freud. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Freud. Um so he was born in 1956, he was he died in 1939 and he was in Austrian. 1856.
0: 1856. Yes.
1: What did I say? 1956. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry. I was like, that's not right. He Benjamin Button. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm sorry.
1: 1856. Yes. Okay.
0: Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Um, he
1: was an Austrian neurologist and the founder of psychoanalysis, which is a clinical method for treating um, psychopathy through dialogue between patient and the psychoanalyst. Mm-hmm. So he- <laughs> I thought you were just leaving it as the psycho. <laughs> the psycho. It was. he was a little bit of a psycho it seems a full
0: fucking psycho uh-huh.
1: so he um he placed great em- like emphasis on the importance of potty training uh-huh. as a developmental milestone and that improper potty training techniques could cause trauma that would lead to emotional issues or personality disorders later in life which is basically what you talked about like, yes so i wonder yes. if these two things are heavily i'm connected. sure
0: i mean what when was this i'm sorry what um, years did you say what year this specifically happened
1: He's, I mean, it was like the early 1900s. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. So his like first paper that he wrote, this is like a little fun fact about mm-hmm. Freud, was in 18- 1884 mm-hmm. and his research work on cerebral anatomy led to the publication of an influential paper on the palliative effects of cocaine.
0: Oh, they loved cocaine that time. They really, truly loved cocaine. It was cocaine. such a good time for they, cocaine. Uh, it was. <laughs> I feel like every, well, that in like the 1980s, like really just the height of (laughs) cocaine.
1: Um, So in Freudian psychology, you have this psychosexual development Mm -hmm. is a central element of the psychoanalytic sexual drive theory, which Freud believed that personality developed through a series of childhood stages in which pleasure seeking energies from the id became focused on certain erogenous areas.
0: Yeah. It's everything comes back to wanting to fuck your mother with Freud, basically. Mm
1: -hmm. So, I'm going to just quickly describe, because he'll talk a little bit about it, the id, the ego, and the superego. Okay. So the according to the Freud analytic theory, the id is the primitive and uh, instinctual part of the mind that contains sexual and aggressive um, drives and hidden memories. Okay. That's the id. Mm-hmm. And then you have the superego, which operates as a moral conscience. Okay. And then you have the ego, which is the realistic part that mediates between the desires of the id and the superego. Okay. And I'll have you post a picture of this, like, good, like, um, little graphic I saw that kind of like brings it to life. Nice. So he talks about these five psychosexual stages Um, they are oral, anal, phallic, the latent, and the genital. Okay. And an erogenous zone is characterized as an area of the body that is particularly sensitive to stimulation. So each of these stages uh-huh. is a specific part of your body that is highly sensitive to stimulation we're going to talk about all five of them okay um so the anal stage is the second stage which is he goes on a lot about potty training and this is kind of like
0: i did not realize i mean of course of course he went into potty training but i did not realize it he also dabbled his little fingers into body training. Mm-hmm.
1: He said, according to Freud, the anus is the primary erogenous zone um, and pleasure is derived from controlling bladder and bowel movement. Hi The major conflict issue during the stages, toilet training, a fixation at this stage can result in a personality that is too rigid or one that is too disordered. And we're gonna go through all the stages right now. Uh-huh. Take a breath. Okay. Just get ready for how oh, God. fucking weird this is uh-huh. about to get. Um, all right. So the first stage in this timeline of psychosexual development is the oral stage. Uh Uh-huh. It's from birth to one year. The erogenous zone is the mouth. (laughs) Well, I mean, babies have put a lot of things in their mouth. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, he was observing Mm -hmm. something. And so, okay. So (laughs) the consequences of being fixated at this stage. So if you have some major trauma, I guess, in this first stage. Okay. You will become either orally aggressive. So you mean biting people? Chewing gum. Oh. Chewing on the ends of pencils or pens. Like, these are personality traits that will be exhibited. Okay, well, I chipped, exhibited. I chipped my tooth by chewing on a bunch of stuff as, like, a teenager. So what happened huh. to me between
0: mom, dad?
1: I don't know. Let's find out. Call me. Let's get them on the line. Tell me. Next week's episode.
0: <laughs> Discussing infant <laughs> <Rachel's> drama. <trauma.
1: laughs> um, and if you were orally passive, you were smoking a lot, you were overeating, you were kissing. Oh. And you were having um, a lot of oral sexual practices. Okay. Okay. That was uh, the first one, oral. So the next one is the anal. This is the anal stage. You're from the ages one to three. The main um, erogenous zone is your bowel and bladder elimination. Um, and so if you had some sort of consequence of being fixated at this stage would be you were either anal retentive, which is excessively, uh. Uh, obsessively organized, excessively neat. Is this where anal retentive comes from? Do you uh-huh. know? Wow. I think so. Wait. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Or you are anally expulsive, which means you're reckless, careless, <laughs> defiant, disorganized, or. Mom, I'm just anally explosive. <laughs> what is it? Explosive? Anally expulsive.
0: Expulsive. Anally. I'm just okay, anally so expulsive. The
1: last like one that describes this is um, coprophiliac. Yeah, that's eating poop. It's shitting on someone. Oh shitting on someone. Okay. So my Google search history is very 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 worried about me. I was like, "Hmm." I'm Googling. I'm like diapers, (laughs) potty training, (laughs) coprophiliac. Like adult baby. (laughs) It thinks I have some weird shit going on in my life. Um the next stage is the phallic stage from three to six, the main um Uh, What's it called? Orogenous zone is the genitalia, and so this is where he talks about what you said—the Oedipus complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So according to Oedipus, Oedipus. Sorry, it's okay. So you're either positive for it, so you have a sexual desire for the same-sex parent, or hatred for the same-sex parent. Yes. Or the negative Oedipus. Oedipus. Oedipus, um, which is the opposite sexual desire for the opposite sex. I mean, Oedipus is a
0: Oedipus is a Greek tragedy. Do you know Oedipus at all? No. I mean, real quick rundown. Oedipus is um, a Greek tragedy where uh, basically there's some sort of prophecy. A lot of Greek tragedies have pro- prophecies in them mm-hmm. that the son is born. He's going to kill his father and marry his mother. So they send the son away. He does not know that his father and his father, that he ends up killing his father. Who he doesn't know his father, ends up marrying his mother, who he doesn't know is his mother, His mother, oh, didn't know shit, is his son. son. And then they find it out. And then he, he kills himself. Oh, my I God. She, maybe she kills herself. People kill themselves a lot. I can't remember all of
1: them. <laughs> wow. Yes. yes, it seems so, pretty fucked. Yeah,
0: that's why when you talk about like when people talk about like an edifice complex, it. I mean, it's it's a Freud thing, but it's from
1: yeah that. Wow. Trashy. I did not know this was all new to me. I mean, I've known of these stages, but not in so much detail. Yeah. Um, so there's the latency stage from six year age six to puberty, and that was um the erogenous zone was dormant sexual feelings. So I guess this is like your coming of age. Wait, like, but so how
0: is that a zone? I your brain?
1: Know. My yeah. brain is my your erogenous brain zone. is your erogenous zone, I guess. Just like thinking a lot. And if you know, if you have a hold up in this stage, you will become immature. You'll have an inability to form fulfilling non-sexual relationships. Um and yeah, that's... I mean, everything comes back to sex with Freud. Yes. Everything. Um, this one was kind of... So the last stage, which mm-hmm. we're, we are currently in the stage, it's the genital stage. It's where your sexual interests mature. And so is that just anything past puberty? Just anything past puberty, yeah. And if you have trauma in this stage, which, I mean, who fucking doesn't? <laughs> You will be frigid, you'll be impotent, you'll have sexual perversion, you'll have great difficulty forming a healthy sexual relationship with another person. I
0: mean, I'm pretty sure that Freud had some sexual perversion here.
1: Mm, yeah, hard, <laughs> yes. Um, but it, I'm going to round this out with, to the relief of most parents, there's very little evidence to suggest that Freud was right about these fixa- fixations causing um, caused during the anal stage. Mainly because this theory was, in and of itself, very difficult to I test. mean, to be
0: fair, a lot of modern
1: psychiatry is based off proving Freud wrong. <laughs> it's like, yes. this
0: motherfucker don't know what he's talking
1: about. Yeah. Well, his friend Eric Erickson, who I'll just briefly... Yes. You know, he basically was highly influenced from Freud. Mm-hmm. He was actually the dude that um, coined the term identity crisis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's like his big no to but he developed he had this like eight stages of psychosocial development Um, and so he believed that in the second stage was um, the time where a child will learn to dress themselves basically when Mm -hmm. they become more independent it's like uh, will and autonomy versus shame so like you need to give the child independence give them some autonomy and if you don't allow them to successfully do these things like toileting, dressing themselves feeding themselves they'll become very shameful Um, and children who experience self-doubt at this stage will lack confidence in their powers of later in life.
0: It just seems like they're putting a lot.
1: <sighs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I... It says your parents must be reassuring, yet avoid overprotection. Um, you must not give them too much... Um, Children who experience too much doubt at this stage will lack confidence. Like, it's just kind of basically, like, if you fuck up so, one day, you're going to fuck yes. up your kid. Which... In that four-hour period that you're trying to <laughs> train your kids. It has to be very serious, very perfect four hours. Um, then we, we're going to talk about this other pediatrician, Dr. Terry, wait, Barry? Wait, Dr. T. Barry Brazelton. What the fuck is his first name? Um, so he was... Uh, Terry Barry. Terry Barry, basically. Um, so the American Academy of Pediatrics encouraged, so this was in the 1980s, disposable diapers became more convenient and more affordable. And they started saying, let's have a hundred percent child centered approach to potty training as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, what was happening before. Um, and Brazelton is widely known for developing this child oriented approach and suggested the toilet training start not earlier than 24 months of life. Okay. So starting to push, you're starting to see like what you said, pushing it back a little bit farther. Yeah. Starting to look for the child's signs of readiness. Um, he said that parents should withstand external pressure of grandparents to start <laughs> toilet education around nine months of age and postpone it oh until God. the child is demonstrating certain ready signs.
0: Um, Just one generation of parents trying to avoid <laughs>
1: conflict with their yes. in laws. <laughs> Um, he said that these were like the signs you need to look for. They're excited about walking. Like they're walking on their, like they, could just, yes. they should be able to walk to a toilet. Like, yes. You should be like, yes. So he says this, they should be able to walk around. They should be able to sit long enough to actually have a bowel movement. Like some kids don't yeah. have like the attention span to do that. Um, they should have some language, be able to say no or yes. Like if you're asking them, do you have to pee or yeah. Are you done? Um, yeah. They should be able to know where things belong. like So that kind of indicates like they know that like their poop belongs in a toilet. Okay. If you're like, where does your t- teddy bear belong? Where does your poop belong? Yes. So kind of being like, do they have that cognitive thought yes. that this is what happens? Um, sh- The child can imitate your behavior. So if you're pulling your okay. pants down, they know to I'm pull loving, their pants down. i loving
0: all these things. Brazelton
1: was a dude. He was good. Yeah, okay. Um,
0: now you're not going to tell me something terrible that he did.
1: Um, I feel like he did also... There was like, I believe it was him. I could be wrong with, there may have been some controversy around him because he also was like, um, the main pediatrician working for Pampers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so people were like, okay, was like, okay, we see what you mean. But it's also like, but all those things like that's, I mean, Very reasonable. Yeah.
0: Like I mean, was, they should know their poop goes into not know, the exactly. middle it's of the not, fucking rug. I don't rug. think I
1: even wrote that down. I think I just read that because I was like, I don't <laughs> want to talk too much to this guy because he honestly, and the child should be aware of their body. They understand that they're, they can understand that that feeling mm-hmm. is like, I'm going to pee now. Which is like always the longest, hardest part yeah, of it. It totally is. Um... And then he said, yeah, that basically if your child is going through the terrible twos and they're not able to cooperate, wait until they're ready to cooperate, like don't try to force it. Um, and then our current guidelines are basically very similar to that. I mean, most pediatricians say that the process shouldn't start until 18 to 24 months. However, there's no perfect age to begin. Each mm. family has a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. A child won't be ready until they've
0: yeah Different needs, different. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Um, watching them for signs of readiness, that they're physically, mentally, and emotionally ready to prepare to potty train. Um and just start doing it when your family's not stressed. Like, don't do it around a move. Don't do it when you're expecting another child or, like, a big life change of some sort. I feel like
0: a lot of people are trying to potty train one kid as they're, like, like, oh, I'm know, pregnant. Because you Shit. don't want to
1: have, like, 25 yes. different changes a day. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, give praise. If they're not ready, they're not ready. And, um, yeah, I mean, those – I feel like it basically, like, in the 1980s, they kind of figured it out what works best. And yeah. And it's basically – it hasn't changed much since. Yeah, I mean, that all – Yes. Yes. And then I had to Google what was the most expensive potty seat. Okay. We own this. It's the one that we have. Oh, really? You and I both. I was so. (laughs) The one that attaches to your toilet. So I'm going to be like such. You are a
0: bougie bitch, babe. I'm so
1: bougie. But I swear to God, everybody needs to buy this thing. It is. Yes. It is the best. Yes. Okay. So what it is, it's called the next step to toilet seat with built in potty training seat. It's $45. It's on Amazon mm-hmm. and it's like a seat. You have to take off your current co- toilet seat. Yes. It like attaches and it's like a size for your butt. And then there's like a little tiny seat Yes, folds right in. Like it's like magnetic. Yes. It's the best thing. Ever. Here's the
0: thing. What? Don't you ever sit down on the little tiny one and your butt just feels wrong?
1: You're like, ah. yes, but you know what? It feels less wrong than when I sit on like the Ikea one. That's like sitting on the seat and I like slip off the side oh, well, and then almost die. Just, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, my life is over. <laughs> Oh, wait, I wanted to end, with, not like we're not fully going to end here, but I wanted to read this quote from um, Dr. Amy Siner. She is a pediatrician at the Boston Children's Health um, Physicians in the Bronx. And she says, don't make potty training into a power struggle because you will never win. Uh, you know? Ain't that the fucking truth?
0: I think it's a good place to end our medical portion. It is. Of this talk. Let's end it. Great job. Thank you. Wow. Holy fucking shit. I mean, I did not expect where potty, I mean, you know, like potty training, people peed in a potty. I was they kind didn't. of expecting
1: it to be kind of boring, but this was really entertaining I mean, for me to listen to. you
0: got, we, we got deeply into Freud. I know. We talked about West German versus <laughs> East German politics.
1: I think it's funny. People are like, be like, oh, an episode on potty training? Oh. <laughs> silly and then how weird did we make yes. it and I feel like that's so I mean
0: that's what I'm excited about doing this Me too. is that we're gonna find these weird corners yeah. of things that none of us ever expected to go down exactly. these rabbit holes of information it
1: all does tie into like today too yes. like you really see the you know snowball effect of how we got uh, here today 100% which I think is so lost in you know yes
0: also like having a little perspective on Like what is important in this moment is not always going to be important or always right. Right. Like we're going to learn new things and like I'm not going to ruin my child because I had a kid that didn't potty train till four and we fought him and like tried not to fight him and do this and other kids doing this and other kids. They'll
1: be okay. Right. They're going to be okay. And don't put so much blame on yourself and make yourself feel so like you're a terrible parent Parent. if you can't make it work in four hours. (laughs) Or, you know, and maybe or don't in, put soap up their butts. Don't put soap in your baby's butt. Um, <laughs> Get a nice lax if your doctor agrees to it. <laughs> Please talk to your pediatrician. <laughs> yes. Plug, we plug, are plug, plug. <laughs> plug, plug, plug.
0: If you ever have questions ever, call your pediatrician. Call them. They're, that's what they're there they for. They're there for that. So, yeah. great job.
1: Yeah, I, I really loved it. You did a terrific job.
0: Hey, thanks. You did too. I learned a
1: lot. Thank you. I
0: mean, who thought we would go down a total rabbit, a rabbit hole of the id? <laughs>
1: I was excited for that. Um, I do want to, last week I said something. And when I was listening back to our episode, I had a minor heart attack thinking that I am like spouting out some fake facts here, but I wanted no, to talk this about This is it. a
0: no fake news.
1: This is no fake news. And you know what? I do, I am I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that I am only, especially if like I'm going to be reading and talking about like medical stuff. I want it to be accurate. I want yeah. what I'm finding to be like reputable sources. So anyway, you asked me a question last week about like, oh, like don't babies in the NICU that are boys tend to do a little bit worse than girl babies. And I was like, yeah, because that's like when I was being trained what the nurses told me that was my personal experience as a NICU nurse, but I never knew for sure. And I was like, shit, did I just spout out some like (laughs) anecdotally, you know? So anyway, I did go like a little searching and I did find an article that is called um, neonatal and infant outcomes in boys and girls born very prematurely, which is, um, between 23 and 28 weeks of gestation. (sighs) I know that's too early. It's really early. And so it says, although important new strategies have improved outcomes for very preterm infants, males have greater mortality, morbidity than females. This Hmm. paper was investigating whether the excess of adverse, effects in males operated through poor neonatal profile or if there was an intrinsic male mm-hmm. effect. Okay, so if they're not being cared for as well versus right. that
0: inherently because of their gender right. and whatever hormones or they have. Or is it like
1: The boy babies have certain um, genetic conditions. Yeah,
0: control try to control for all of those things. Right.
1: So um, the conclusion of this uh, research study, I believe it was like eight hundred or nine hundred babies that they studied. It's like a pretty wide sample size. Yeah. Um, They concluded that in very preterm infants, male sex is an important risk factor for poor neonatal outcomes and poor neurologic and respiratory outcome at follow up the increase the increased risks risks at follow up are not explained by neonatal factors and hmm. led and lends support to the concept of male vulnerability following preterm birth so it was you know what i said was in fact true but it was there's actual it was anecdotal research. but now it is also
0: so, I just get to Cut. say stuff off the cuff, and you get to have to come back with the hard facts.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's try to keep that to a minimum so I don't lay awake at night being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> hey, listen, we've
0: created this platform. We can go back and correct ourselves as much or as little yeah. as we want. I,
1: I hope that people will trust that I'm bringing them like real facts. And if I fuck up, I will come back and I will apologize. Yes. So, that's where we are. Well, awesome. Thank you. Oh,
0: um, I love to hear that. I think that's
1: a cool thing to circle back around to.
0: Thank you. So, that means what are we talking about next week then?
1: we talked about last week we did now what are we going to talk about next week next week we're going to talk about the history of infant feeding
0: oh i mean so we're talking about solids which i'm currently going through yeah i'm going through that really hard right now
1: that's right yeah i have
0: very different babies from one to the other we'll get there next week i'll leave that little tittle bit for you next week i'm excited
1: to do that one yeah Um, and if you're listening if you've made it through another
0: long episode i don't think they're that long i could listen to us
1: forever (laughs) i truly can (laughs) I love us, uh, but we appreciate everybody yes, listening. I mean, all of the support of our dedicated listeners. I, I it
0: is bringing me so much joy. It
1: really is too. And also, I've been so lack of joy. This I'm year. not
0: above all of your text message, your Instagram messages, yes. any nice things you want to say. Shout us
1: out, share us. Is, I mean, tell your mom who's bored. And yes. has been taking up. I time. bet you know
0: someone that's bored right now. <laughs> I bet you
1: do. <laughs> So, word right now. so go ahead. We need to get people listening to this before everybody gets vaccinated. They're uh, like, yeah, they got like sitting around. Yeah, and they're like, go i they going to go on a roller coaster. People <laughs> to fucking kiss on
0: the mouth. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, okay. So yeah. then yeah. Recommend us rate review, subscribe. All of that helps all us get out to maybe people besides forcing you to listen to this Our all the time. Friends and family harassing you on Instagram.
1: We <laughs> uh, really yeah. appreciate it. We love you guys so and much. We'll see
0: you. Well, You'll hear us, will, I guess. We
1: will hear. You will hear yeah. us. We'll hear each other. We will hear each other, and they will hear us. Yes, next no, week. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay, go say it. Your grandparents, um, what did it say? Did what? Did what?
0: Your grandparents did what?
1: Your grandparents did what?